It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix, on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. They make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability from Sports Illustrated. Of course, he's our friend Chris Mannix. Chris, hello. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Uh, we're hanging in there, Chris. Uh, it's it's nice to have some concrete facts about the NBA's return to uh, to talk about. Give us your thoughts on what we're seeing emerging. Well, it's it, you know you you clear one big hurdle when you have the vote, you know, both by the board of governors and of course the ratification by the union to uh, move forward with this plan. And now you you know try to figure out the fine print, for lack of a better phrase. You know what. What exactly to do when a player tests positive? As you've seen this week, talk about roster spots and how they may be filled. Um, you know how long players are need to be in Florida for a certain amount of time, and and how many people they can have with them in Florida. So, you know, none of these things can be unilaterally done by the NBA. They're all subject to approval by the union. That takes time. Now, they're you know from what I'm consistently told, they're moving as fast as they can to get through these things but as you've seen some little kind of you know fires pop up here or there and you know they've got to kind of put them out so you know there's still a full expectation this gets done in 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 the timeline the nba is looking to get it done but uh they, they still are working through things as we speak from what you've heard uh chris uh and as you put this together do you think it's going to be done safely how do you feel comfortable with it i guess that's my question as comfortable as you can be. I mean, I, I just, I don't think you're going to get to a point anytime soon where you're going to be completely comfortable walking anywhere or going to any public setting, you know, without catching uh, coronavirus. I mean, it's just as simple as that. There's a level of risk you're assuming with all of this. I mean, I, you guys know I cover boxing as well. You know, tomorrow night, Top Rank comes back with boxing on ESPN, the first major U.S. show since the pandemic struck. And just a couple of days ago, one of the main fighters on the card, Michaela Mayer, she tested positive, you know, for coronavirus. She's off the show. And look, their, their show is going to go on. They're following protocols similar to what UFC put together last month. And that's just the way it goes. So, I mean, you're, you're for, until there's a vaccine and, and maybe even beyond that, like you're just going to go into these situations with, with a measure of risk for, uh, you know, for contracting this. And you have to decide – you know, is that risk worth it? Well, and and that's where I think the the daily testing comes in, and and that sort of element to it is is so fascinating. It's almost like this is we're going to watch an experiment play out, Chris, with this isolation format and with the daily testing. I'm actually from I'm no scientist, obviously, but from a scientific standpoint, I'm curious to see how it goes. Yeah, I'm very curious, and and look, daily testing is is the way to go. If you can afford it and it's, it's feasible with your, your plan, um, it's, it's the right thing to do. Like that's the, you know, the, there's, again, there's always going to be some level of risk there, but if you can, you know, make testing and contact tracing and all that stuff, uh, a regular part of what you're doing, it's, uh, it's the right thing to do. I mean, look, there's, the reality is like, there are parts of this country that 
decided they just don't care anymore. And I'm not talking about the the protests and demonstrations. That's all certainly, um, you know, worthwhile. I'm talking about like Las Vegas itself. Like I've seen video of Las Vegas last couple of days after opening up. People are walking around packed casinos, you know, going to tables, no masks, nothing. You know, no social distancing of any real kind. And you, know, you see beaches, you know, nowadays flooded with people. We, I, 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 it's flabbergasting to give you the amount of death that's, that's occurred in this country, but we've decided we don't care. We have. We've, there's a faction of the country or part of the country that's decided they just don't give a damn uh, anymore. And so I, I have more of a problem with what's going on there, far more of a problem with what's going on there than sports leagues and the NBA in particular, you know, reopening in the safest possible way, trying to make sure they can go about their business while their athletes and, and personnel and people covering it are, uh, are, are as least uh, risk as possible. Chris, here in Utah, we've had some of the highest numbers over the past week uh, uh, that have ever been as far as since this thing uh, happened here. I don't know how it's going in Boston, but that that's a concern. It, it's a huge concern. I mean, look, the reality is, and, and look, I'm not criticizing Adam Silver for – coming back, but one of his criteria was he wanted to see the coronavirus, the new infections, you know, drop. I mean, like, the day the NBA ratified its proposal was the day, the day after was the highest number of new cases in Florida since mid-March. Like, there's, there's, there's a, the reality is, is a part of us just accepted this and said, look, we're not going to be, you know, held hostage by it, and, you know, we'll, we'll take the risk that we have to take. I, I think it's lunacy, and I keep going back to Las Vegas because – I can't think of a dumber place to open when it's not safe and to open in that way than Las Vegas. You literally have people coming in from all over the country, all over the world, into one spot, you know, not social distancing, not doing anything, no masks, only really having to, like, take a temperature check, which is, you know, not a great way to to be sure that somebody doesn't have it. And then you're sending them home. They're getting on planes and trains and whatever and going back to their states or countries and potentially spreading the virus you know, once again, we, it does make me a little frustrated that, you know, I understand, you know, what you want to get the economy moving. And I'm sure there are middle grounds between the people that say don't open up at all in the next year. And people that say open up right now, but the people that go into the beaches that, that can't stay off a beach for like three weeks, like really, you can't, you can't just like do everybody a, you know, a solid and stay off the beach for a little more, a little bit longer. That's the kind of stuff that really makes me frustrated. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And Chris, as we heard all the what the NBA was considering, you know, uh, as a format to return, a World Cup style play, those sorts of things, their their conclusion was actually fairly basic and, and close to what normally happens. Do you wish we saw maybe some more tweaks? Well, I mean, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. Um, but, and I've said this to you guys in weeks past, I've been writing it all along. You know, the NBA... They want to do everything they can to make sure this champion is, is viewed as legitimate. Now, there are going to be some people that, one way or the other, will always say it's an asterisk, and I can understand that argument uh, to a degree. Uh, but the NBA wanted to make sure, like, no, no gimmicks. When you get the 16 playoff teams, they do best of seven in each round. Um, you know, you, 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 have, you don't give any kind of advantage to a team, like has been suggested, like an extra possession to the home team to give them, you know, a de facto home court advantage. They want to make sure that everything they do has that in mind. And Adam Silver, you know, mentioned that Michael Jordan brought it up, and I know others have been bringing it up for weeks. This has always been front and center with the NBA, that if you're going to crown a legitimate champion, uh, you have to do things in the same manner you've done things in years past, or else it won't be considered 
a champion. Now, if they had thrown him out the window, which I wouldn't have had a problem with, but if they had thrown him out the window, yeah, I would have loved to have seen, you know, kind of a, you know, all 30 teams back in the mix and you do an NCAA tournament. We didn't have an NCAA tournament this year. So maybe you do kind of like a round-robin style tournament uh, where a team's got a bunch of games in and maybe you have a little bit of fun with it. Maybe like the Atlanta Hawks make a run and, you know, Vince Carter's playing for a championship. I don't know. Like there's just, you know, a lot of, a lot of cool things you could have done if you were taking the championship off the table. Chris, beyond the health concerns, uh, also uh, concerns about injury. Do you think that the the ramp up to the start at the end of July is sufficient as far as trying to do this as responsibly as possible from an injury standpoint? It's a legitimate concern because you're really only talking about teams having a couple of weeks back in the facilities and then three and a half ish weeks of training camp slash regular season games, whatever, um, it, it's a legitimate concern. Like, I, I, you don't want to see an injury, but it wouldn't surprise me to have one, especially when you have so many guys that haven't been doing much of anything. You know, maybe it's a few jump shots here or there. Uh, some guys like Mike Conley, you know, having gyms in their houses certainly is a, a great benefit. The teams that play in the South where the players have been, um, you know, they certainly have an advantage playing outdoors, but, you know, in any, in any off season, you know, guys are ramping up. They're working with personal trainers, which you can't do or haven't been able to do now. Uh, they're doing full, you know, full speed activities, and now they haven't been doing it. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see, you know, a kind of a, a run on hamstring strains, sprained ankles, and you know, minor injuries that can flare up based on inactivity. And you hope that none of those injuries lead to something serious that carries into the next season. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, and Chris, I want to I want to bring up our current circumstance that we're in with, uh, with uh, the country and social justice, but I want to bring up a specific NBA question for you, so feel free to, to take this answer whatever direction you, you really want to go. But uh, the NBA has a rule against kneeling for the national anthem. And that, once again, is becoming a, a hot topic in this country with President Trump's tweets and, of course, Roger Goodell and, and his statement that he released last Friday. But if uh, the NBA is presented with a situation where one of their players wants to kneel during the national anthem, how do you think they'll handle that? Well, it, it's a good question. And, you know, as I was thinking about this in the last couple of days, I went back to some stories I wrote back in 2017. And, you know, this is when... You know, the president was going after the kneelers in the NFL and making it a, a front burner issue in American politics. Um, I addressed this. I brought, I asked Adam Silver about this. I asked NBA owners about this. And my sense at the time was that if any NBA players kneeled, they would be punished. They would be either fined or suspended or, you know, it, it would not, they wouldn't just let it go. I mean, that, that seemed to be a bridge too far at that time for Adam Silver and for the NBA. And I know a lot of players considered it at that time. I mean, I, I asked LeBron about it, J.R. Smith, others, you know, considered it uh, at least. And that was around that time that Kobe Bryant, who was a year into retirement, he had said he would have kneeled. Like, if he was still playing, he would have kneeled. So I think the NBA in a lot of ways dodged the bullet then when no players decided to kneel, that temperatures cooled a little bit between when it was a big issue and then the season actually started uh, but I could see it happening this time around, especially if NFL players, you know, get involved once again and, and start doing it en masse. That's been suggested. And I think it'll put the NBA in a very interesting spot. And look, this is kind of what I wrote about this week. I mean, statements are great. Like, make statements all day long. It's it's kind of it's good, but it's kind of easy to do 
right when something like this starts. What's not easy to do is to back your players when things get a little bit hot, little hot when the president comes after you and you know tries to affect your economics. I mean, will you back your players then and stand by them when they want to uh, you know protest the way they want to protest? Uh, I think it it could get really interesting if you see NBA players NBA players do that. I'm not. I can't sit here and say I'm convinced that you know the progressiveness of the NBA shown. Uh, will continue throughout throughout something like that. On a larger scale, uh, what, what's your overall thought, uh, Chris, on the uh, on, on the state of the country as it pertains to these issues? Uh, care to comment on that at all? Yeah, I mean, it you know the situation itself is tragic, but I've had a lot of conversations with you know NBA players, ex NBA players, executives, and you know the the one thing I'm I'm happy that's that's coming out of this. It does seem like this is an inflection point, and it does seem like this could be a real turning point. And that's that's been one of the more frustrating parts about you know this country in general and our attention span in general. I mean, George Floyd is not the first black man that has been senselessly killed at the hands of a police officer, or in the case of, of recent history, just you know racist. Real white people chasing someone down, chasing a jogger down the streets and, and shooting them. Like this, this, this happens way too often. And, you know, too often we get outraged and then we all move on. Like there's a sense from, from the people I've talked to that this might be one of those situations that we don't move on from. This might be one of those situations that's happened that really, you know, stirs change in, uh, in some of these issues. And I'm not exactly sure, guys, what tangible change looks like. I've asked those questions and, you know, some people have told me they just want to see more funding for, you know, community programs, uh, more funding for social justice issues, things like that. Um, but if, if something good comes out of this and it seems to be trending in that direction, I think that's at least, you know, one positive that can come from just something that was just truly horrible and has had, you know, such a nightmarish effect on the country. Chris Mannix is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Um, Gordon and I have talked a lot, and you hit on this a little bit, but what sports' role can be in this situation, because it has played a predominant role in this exact uh, topic or on this exact topic for a long, long time. I mean, think, you know, Muhammad Ali or, or go uh, on back to Jesse Owens. And But sports' role going further, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean... I don't like to, you know, when when I hear team owners or even league officials talk about, you know, sports can play a big role, you know, in in healing when when they come back. I mean, I don't think it's I think it's probably true, but I don't like to give I don't like to give owners too much credit. I think we're coming back for bat with basketball and sports because they they want the money. Like that, let's just be real about that. Like they this is a financial decision to come back. Now there can be a ripple effect, no question, where you know sports you know comes back and it does have kind of a healing effect on things and, you know, players using their platforms as so many have over the last couple of weeks and months, um, you know, that can have uh, an even more of a positive effect on, on what's going on out there. So I, I certainly think it can have, have a, have an effect, have a ripple effect. I'm just, you, know, you said some interesting things, interesting names there, whether it's Jesse Owens at the Olympics or Muhammad Ali, you know, who lost what three plus years of his professional career, prime years of his career because he was standing up, for what he believed was right, you know that's what I'm interested in. What players do? I mean, it's it's one thing to to go on social media and, and tweet stuff. I'm I'm wondering what you know if if it becomes like a real battle between players and 
and you know the NBA, whether it's for kneeling or, or wearing something on their jersey, stuff that you know many players I think want to do uh, to send a message. You know, how will they react if the NBA reacts in the wrong way? I think there's there's a lot to learn about what's what comes next in the next few months. I just think it's going to be you know really compelling to watch. Chris, we appreciate it uh, you jumping on as always. Thank you very much. You got it, guys. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated with us here on the Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Chris joins us each and every Monday. Jake, one question that uh, we didn't talk with uh, Chris about on this occasion, but, you know, when the when the players voted on coming back, uh, it was an absolute landslide. Wasn't that unanimous? The players coming back? Una- yeah. Well, it was from the, the, the reps. Right. Um, yeah, not every player. I don't think what? they... They said that. Yeah, that's my further question. Do you think there are uh, a substantial number number of players out there who don't feel comfortable coming back and who, who really don't want to come back? Substantial? No, I don't think that. Okay. Because if there was a substantial, we wouldn't be even having this conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a substantial number of baseball players that don't want to come back for a different reason, mind you, and we certainly know about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I would doubt if the number is substantial. I am curious. Uh, do you think to, there's if, a silent minority out there who uh, really are nervous about going to Florida and holding up in a hotel and, and, and playing this way? Because this isn't what they signed up for when they signed their contracts. This isn't what anybody expected. Um, I hope not. Silent major- minority, Gordon. I, I hope. I mean, Minority is such a, uh, in this case, you know, it could be one or it could be 50, right? So mm-hmm. I am sure there is at least one player who is, is nervous about the, about the situation. And I hope that, that at least one, and if there are more, I hope they voice their opinion. I mean, that's, that's how it's supposed to work. And if they don't want to do it, I hope they're given the latitude to do what's best for them and their family and they figure out a way to, to make that work. How do you think that would be received? Uh, by whom? Whoever. A club, teammates, fans. I would hope that it would be met with respect that, you know, everybody's got to make their own decision on what's best for them. I, I would hope that's how it would, that would be my opinion. There's no way for us really to answer that question. We don't know. We don't know who... If there are some, we don't know who they are because we haven't heard. Uh, we haven't taken our own poll. But I, I, I agree with you. I, I feel for people, uh, for players. This is what they want to do for a living. They get paid well to do it, really well. Um, but when it comes to the welfare of your family and uh, issues like health in the face of a pandemic, eh, that's something that's hard to prepare for, for some folks. Now, like Chris said, it seems as though the country as a whole is, the way he said it was, they don't care. They're going to go forward and do what they're going to do and uh, let the chips fall where they may, I guess. But there are some people out there who are still concerned. And I wonder how health officials feel about it, you know. I mean, many of them have sort of fallen into that that pressure, if that's what it is. I hope I'm not characterizing that irresponsibly, but from other concerns in the country 
where they feel like, well, we just have to go along with this. And in Florida, like Chris was talking about, there have been record numbers in recent days. And it, it just, I don't know, it's, it's that same question that we've talked a lot about is where do you draw that line between what's productive, what isn't productive, what uh, is good for the economy, what is good for the individual, what is good for the health care system, what is good for, for uh, dollars and cents. Well, I, I mean, as far as the NBA goes, I think that's that's why the uh, the bubble idea appealed to the NBA because in theory, you should be able to put that anywhere and provide some extra level of security for your players and staff, right? I mean, that's that's the idea. I mean, I just uh, I just uh, read uh, today them talking about uh, how there's I don't know if you want to view this as a punishment, but uh, any player that leaves that campus. Uh, will receive a 10-day quarantine. Again, it's probably not the best idea to look at that as a punishment, but you know, if if you go outside the bubble, you're going to have to be isolated for 10 days. I mean, there you, you know, uh, I really feel like the NBA is going to their uh, to great lengths to take some of these issues as off the table as they could possibly be taken. And like you asked and Chris talked about the daily testing is uh, is pretty important in that regard oh as far as like a a, a science experiment and i don't mean for this to come off uh, you know um uh, lacking sympathy but uh, i think it'll be really interesting to see how how this goes with the parameters that the nba has has laid out i'm i'm pretty confident in the whole thing i gotta i gotta say but we're gonna find out and what happens if a player does test positive you we've talked a lot about that but i wonder how that's going to be received from teammates and from coaches, from from the NBA as a whole. Yeah, well, I mean, our, our perspective on the on the virus in general has changed a little bit because, for one thing, a, a, a lot of people have had it in our country. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. when Rudy and Donovan were amongst the first two, seemingly or two most public. I mean, we didn't know as much as we know now, including that a lot of people were going to get it, right? I wonder what the reach of it is. Is the numbers that we've heard about are they accurate? Is the testing accurate? When when did I wonder when that the same questions we've been talking about for months now? I wonder how many people had it before uh, Rudy tested positive right. in our country, and quite frankly, in our in our neighborhoods, in our community here. I, I don't know the answer to that, and I'm not sure the experts do either. Oh, I don't think they do. I don't think we'll actually know the answer to that until this thing is all said and done, unfortunately. Man, I sure hope that vaccine does solve it. Uh, I, I I know they're moving toward phase three testing uh, in that regard, and, uh, and, I, uh, and they have a couple of different candidate vaccines that they're working on, and they're producing. They are producing these vaccines so that whichever one is, uh, is found to be favorable— uh, they have it. They'll have it ready to go uh, by the end of the year. Is what I, I've read, and that uh, if if that's true, then that would be fantastic. But everybody has to hang on between now and and then. Did you read that story in the Tribune over the weekend about Utahns who have had it and what their experience was like? I did. Uh-huh. Man, well, interesting. That was that's that's it's 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 a rough go. 
it's not something to be scoffed at in any way, shape, or form. And even for people who see themselves as being young and vibrant. We'll get to uh, more coming up right around the corner. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.